0: Hi, I'm Gio.
1: And I'm Renee. And And this is... is (laughs) And this is Listen To Me Podcast, where you get all the greatest and unqualified advice from qualified creatives.
0: Basically, we go through it so that you can get back to talking about the latest episode of Drag Race faster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when it's fresh in the mind. Yes. Oh
0: my God. I love that now and forever we are just doing Lawrence Cheney's accent. It That made me laugh so hard when Ellie Diamond was like, Ru, you always... Like say Lawrence Cheney, but you don't say Ellie Diamond, and Rue is just like, "Fuck off." <laughs> Rue is like, "It's my show, you little brat." You
1: know what's funny though is that we're recording this the week that that episode came out, but when this episode actually comes out on our podcast stream, yes. it's like in a month and a half. Like That's we're now good,
0: though, no spoilers. We're not <laughs> yeah. spoiling it. We're giving people plenty of time to catch up. I have a um, mug warmer. Uh Do you nurse your coffee when you drink it? This has nothing to do with what we were just talking about.
1: Yeah. You mean like, does it last me a long time? Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I do the same thing, especially when I'm drinking like tea and Clay bought me like one of those little hot plate mug warmer things for Christmas and I'm obsessed with it because it keeps my coffee warm for like two hours and I could just I could sip it
1: what is it I don't know what is it what do you mean it's
0: just like a little electronic plate with like a heater element oh. in it yeah so it like I can actually show you
1: oh yeah baby yeah <laughs> sweatpants mm,
0: yeah see and it has like different modes so I can like heat it up
1: That is so first world, girl. I I know, but I love it. I have a
0: friend who has one as well, and when she told me about it, I was like, I need to get one of those.
1: That's a good thing to have, especially if you nurse it, because like I'm, I tend to like go in on coffee when I'm like, I need it right to my veins, you know. (laughs) Put it
0: in my eyeballs, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but then the second cup, I like to, I like to nurse it. I like to take my time with it. Nurse. Okay, so I'm really excited to talk to you, Steve, today. I have not talked to him in so long it's been a couple of years since I saw him last.
1: Same I haven't seen him since I want to say summer of 2017 when we went out to Vancouver for Pride and I think that's the last time that we saw each other. Because It's then
0: unbelievable I, that 2017 was four years ago.
1: It's so nuts it's like where the time has gone but to give a little bit of background so Steve and I met in 2000 and I want to say like 15 yeah because I didn't go out to Edmonton until the following year so he is friends with Chris my ex and that's how we ended up becoming friends and the epitome of a queer artist, artist creative yes. yeah I love it he's what you would call I guess like an interdisciplinary artist yeah like painter drag artist costume designer welder. burlesque welder burlesque yeah, sculptor always just creating things and I was like, like, he's perfect to have on just to talk creativity in general.
0: I feel like our early interviews were with people who have their niche and they're very focused on that. And last week we talked to my friend, Fadima, who is much like Steve she kind of has her hands in a little bit of everything because that's just the way that her creativity output works Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's very similar for Steve where it's the same creative spirit he just channels it into so many different avenues
1: I definitely have questions about all of the different (laughs) because it's because think about it like when you're let's say you're like you're in writing okay yeah but you also like to cross-stitch. You like to draw on occasion. I don't know what you don't do, do. it anymore. I but... do. I like so to like... play
0: my guitar. I like to write poetry. Yeah, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, there's so many different things. And both of us, we have a laundry list of things that we like to do creatively outside of just the main thing that we you know, have yes. been like calling ourselves. Each one is, it's like a facet of the main thing, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, I think so for sure. Like, to, And facet is the perfect word because to me, writing being my main thing... All of those other side hobbies that i engage in that i just enjoy they are like facets of writing that reflect back to my writing mm-hmm. so i learn from these unrelated hobbies things that it's not always intuitive but somehow i can always connect it back to writing which is really cool because it allows you what was the thing that dr dinardo said when we talked to her she was talking about how creatives engage in abstract thinking Mm -hmm. and to me having multiple hobbies on the go is what really allows me to sharpen that it's like a I think of it as lateral thinking because it's like you have what's in front of you but if you can think your way around it it shows you different aspects of it like a full 360 view and -hmm. that's what other hobbies I think bring to the table for me in terms of how they feed my main my main thing
1: by the way, that hobbies post that I put on Instagram that was like relating to our episode about how to love a creative. Yeah. Did you see all the posts that I had shared of the answers? It No, was on my I pers- didn't
0: see all of them.
1: It was on my personal story and because I was tagging our episode and the variety of things like everything from it was like cross stitch. I think you had answered that cross stitch embroidery. Then there was like house plants, like having house plants.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> my
0: you need to like be skilled to keep house plants alive. Like I don't want to downplay anybody's commitment to keeping house plants alive.
1: You should see my little jungle that is taking place. It is. <laughs> I would I, love it,
0: that. All I ever see is your closet. I would love to see your
1: jungle, and you do, and you don't even see it. You just see the backdrop. <laughs> yes. But seriously, I I'm getting back to where I was when I was in Toronto, where I had. Uh, <laughs> I want to say menagerie, but that's A not nursery? accurate. Menagerie,
0: yeah, is what you're
1: thinking. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know the difference. I'm just saying, like, because they're like my, my pets. Like, you know what I mean? That's how I'm looking at it. Speaking of menageries, wild beasts. Uh, let's let's talk to Steve.
2: Yay! <laughs> hey. Hi. Hello. Oh my, oh my god. god. Look at you. You're so beautiful. <laughs> How's I'm it like,
3: going? It's good. Um, let me just figure out how to Bluetooth these headphones. I'm learning so much right now. Um, I
1: love that nothing's changed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you like reading him for not knowing how to use this technology?
1: Bluetooth? But th- this is this is him since the beginning. <laughs> is that work?
0: Oh, a little bit frozen. I do think the audio connected though. Kieran. <laughs> oh my god that face (laughs) i recognize that face because that's my face when shit goes down on my computer and i yell at clay i'm like come in here
1: it happens at least he was just like a holler away well thank you for coming on our little dog and pony show (laughs) yeah thanks for inviting me this is super fun i was saying to renee before we hopped on with you that of the list of people that I had in my mind of, to come on eventually, like once we kind of started this thing, I was like, I think I'm going to eventually ask Steve because the quintessential queer artist, like in, <laughs> in all ways, like that's <laughs> literally how I see you. And I was like, let's get her on. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so Steve, do you want to huh? just jump right into it? We always ask when people come on the show for them to give a little bit of background of kind of like what they do like what their creative jam is and tell mm-hmm. people a little bit about their work so I'm opening it up to you.
3: Yeah, no I'm like an artist, a metal worker, a welder, sometimes performer, kind of just like do it all.
2: <laughs>
3: Mostly though I like paint and stuff. My art's kind of very like, I call it adorable. It's like Pokemon meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I
0: love that! <laughs> oh my god adorable. Yes! yeah
3: yeah yeah. (laughs) kind of my my thing like I really like using like acrylics you know the metallics and the different glosses and stuff I can make these really cool psychedelic effects I just kind of like making weird fantasy kind of things that are like spooky and sexy that will like kind of trip you out at the
1: same time
3: Mm -hmm. very that (laughs) it's very that (laughs) even when
1: we first met I think at this point it's been going on six years you were always making stuff like there was always something that you were working on whether it was your side work as a welder where you're like okay I'm like making (laughs) stuff on the side or you're painting your old apartment, I remember going to visit you, and there was so much to look at. Like, there was so much to look at, which it's, like, eye candy for everything. The, I'm like, <laughs> what's this? Art on the walls. There's so much shit to look at. I loved it.
3: Nothing's changed. Like, now here, it's the same thing. <laughs> I always like to build, like, get my hands in, like, different things. I'm always building something. I still do the, like, welding,
1: like, side work at the side and do my job.
3: I don't know. i got to keep these hands busy, I guess.
1: How long have you been in Vancouver now? Four years. Oh and so, four yeah. years already. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's nuts. That's it's. I know, right? It's so crazy. I can't believe we're, we're like we met like mid mid early twenties, and now we're like barreling into our mid thirties. It's like nuts. <laughs> well, I am <laughs> <Totally>. anyway. <laughs>
3: hey, I got there. I'm in thirty now. So yeah. behind you. <laughs> welcome,
1: welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Feels fabulous. On the topic of moving to Vancouver, so you grew up in Mm -hmm. Edmonton, which is where I met you. Did you find that growing up there influenced your perspective as an artist?
3: I guess, like, with my visual kind of, like, painting and drawing, not really, because I basically just sat in the basement and, like, drew things. So, like, you can do that anywhere. But when it comes to, like, welding and construction and, like, that stuff, Edmonton and Alberta was very important in that, just because, like, it is such a big part, well, was a big part of the province. So, there's so much to learn, and I got so many opportunities to really just, like, get in there and, like, build and build and build. When it comes to like performance stuff, that's kind of where I also started. Like I was, you know, getting my apprenticeship as a welder and then moonlighting as like a drag queen, which was kind of nice because I like felt like super the masculine and super feminine to kind of like find my way almost in certain expressions.
2: Yeah. So like
3: that was like kind of like a fun little adventure and like a little bit of a trip, but it worked out.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like there were any areas where it kind of surprised you how like your welding practice and your drag performance like overlapped?
3: Yeah, sometimes like I've done performances as like a bloody welder, and like I've like used like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and I've like I've like you know I make swords and stuff. So I'll like bring them on. Like I've had them on stage and shit. So sorry.
1: Yes, stuff. you can, and, uh, you we can Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> when would I ever have a censored podcast? I the- don't
3: know. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a habit. <laughs> I know we haven't
1: seen each other in a few years, but I'm still the same bitch. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know.
3: <laughs> always been that bitch. Always will be that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like, sometimes they overlap, but for the most part, they're so, like, since they're so different, they were just like, kind of separated or whatever, but it's always fun rolling into work, you know, with glitter all over me still, and then like, whoa.
1: <laughs> I was recently talking to Davin, actually, mm-hmm. Davin Sebaran. He's become a client of mine over the last couple of years. I've done a few projects for him. I don't know if I can talk about this one project because it's it's not really happening yet, But he was talking about his love of drag and how his roots of, like, starting and performing and, like, how you guys were doing your drag, like, years ago. And that's when I, when I came into the picture, when I met you guys and you guys were doing, Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, towards the tail end, because I think he moved back to Toronto at that point. But where I saw all the pictures of Delilah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace. Was
0: that your drag, was that your first drag soda?
3: Yeah, it was. So Delilah Cottontail, she was, like... A punk metal mermaid bitch. <laughs> I'm
0: obsessed. Already. Now I
3: just dress like that in the day to day. I was gonna say, like, still the same.
0: It's too quotidian cotwi- yeah, for drag now.
3: Exactly, exactly. No, now my new one is Seance Ghouls, which is more of like a, (laughs) (laughs) more like a, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) It's like kind of more like masculine, but like also like kind of demonic, like otherworldly kind of vibe. So it's like not really even drag anymore. It's just kind of like a performance persona.
1: Obviously, COVID has like shut everything down, but before that in Vancouver, you were performing. You, because I've seen pictures and videos online. And so, like, was that when Seance kind of came into the picture?
3: For sure. Like, Delilah, like, she passed away and um, that was fine.
2: All
3: <laughs> right, <A. P. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, rest her soul. I just realized that, like, Dreg wasn't like, it's great. I love drag, It's cool, but it just wasn't for me. So I kind of wanted different avenues. And, like, Vancouver is such a lovely city because it has so much non binary performers and, like, every kind of spectrum and like there's a burlesque scene there's drag there's the kind of like go-go scene or whatever so i was just kind of like getting my hands into all of them and just kind of giving it and just finding like my new way and my footing and it was just like really fun to explore different aspects Especially when it comes to like burlesque which i was starting until the panorama happened
1: Talk a little bit about the evolution of your creative expression. I know that's like, so sounds so hokey Mm -hmm. from drag to burlesque, welding, painting, sculpture, costume design, like you've done so many things we've already touched on them. Do each of these facets of your perspective as an artist touch on different parts of yourself as just as a person, as a human?
3: When it comes to all the visual stuff, I get like so many crazy images in my brain, kind of, that I need to like put out, and so like that's kind of like where painting and sculpture and metalwork comes along. And then when it comes to like emotions and stuff, I need to show, then I'll like put it in a performance, throw in some horns, get naked, who knows,
2: right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's all different parts of my personality. Just what I need to show, right? Like even when it comes to like metalwork, it's a more like kind of industrial, heavy, like swords and crazy, jagged sculptures and things, cause I'm just, you know, feeling a certain way. Or if I wanna paint like a dick in space, well, I'm gonna paint a dick in space because I'm feeling
1: that. I honestly love the new, I don't know if I wanna call it a series, but where you're taking a saw blade and Mm -hmm. you're painting these like big hot dudes (laughs) on them. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's, it very much reminds me of like your earlier work. It's just, it's so you. Well, you know you gotta have your own style or whatever
3: but, uh, those like saw blades like we so many of them are thrown away at work all the time and i was just like i hate like waste especially in like industry especially metal because i'm like you can make so much cool stuff with it so i'm like the shop raccoon. i'm like going through like <laughs> the scrap ends all the time i'm just like oh collecting collecting so i can do something with them i really like that like the harsh like intenseness of like a saw blade and with like this kind of like dismembered like sexy body on it but it's all like neon and fun and sparkly. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like Lisa Frank for sure, like you said earlier, definitely.
1: Yeah, totally, but Frank. Right? Frank is in like the dude Frank. Like
0: Lisa <laughs> Frankenstein, Lisa Frank and, yeah. Stein, maybe. Lisa
1: Frank and I like that. Oh, I love both of those. <laughs> so
3: that, you can have that them is, for that's free. the vibe. Thank you. You can invoice me if you
2: want.
0: like if it comes up on my feed and I'm just kind of like mindlessly scrolling I'm like oh that's steep for sure I'm sure that that even though I've never seen you do drag or burlesque I'm sure that it also permeates into those mediums for you so can you talk a little bit about how like where did you get to a point where you could just express that part of yourself in such an authentic way like you're so fearless and you create so freely and I think that there's a lot of conversation in artist circles and creative circles about that authenticity and how it's like so valuable to tap in but it can be really hard this is authentically me and I'm just going to give over to it and create what I want to see
3: spite it like drove me like a lot growing up because like it was always oh like drawing's not an actual thing like you can't go to art school it's not real you can't dye your hair piercings aren't okay like no one's gonna hire you tattoos are for the devil it was just always no 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 and everything that i liked and like what was naturally drawn towards and wanted to do was always just like shut down or like that's not good so i got to a point where i was just fed up about it and was like you know what sit down and let me show you and like i just kind of like go that's how i tackle everything now basically i just it was like a survival mechanism that like lit a fire in me to like just prove people wrong (laughs) in a way
1: i always respected that about you where as much as i'm like an open book and i'll talk about whatever when it comes to you just sticking to your guns no matter what it is that you're doing kudos bitch because like there's not many people that are Fearless is the word. Like you're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm growing up in this whatever descriptor you want to call Edmonton, like that vibe. <laughs> and you were you were just like this like bright peacock who was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that, yeah i wasn't there i'm not i i don't even think i'm there now like it's just not part of my makeup and so to see that in somebody who i was like I, we would hang out all the time i was like i love this like you just didn't give a fuck and so like it's not even this isn't a question it's more of like a once again i'm like blowing smoke up my the guest yes ass, but. cue the sound effect <laughs>
3: Oh, thank you so much that means like a lot like obviously you have to kind of battle like your inner demons or your inner saboteur as oh, yeah. they say
2: Yes,
3: so it's like not like super easy all the time But like it's just instead of getting held back by these like thoughts. I'm just like no I'm gonna push forward and just like sometimes even if I'm not proving other people wrong I'm just proving myself wrong that I can do that you only get like one shot at this, right? So I'm just mm-hmm. trying to have as much fun and like create as much magic as
1: I can That really so. is it though like even okay, so just this popped into my head just now but like Talk about when you're like, let's say off the clock creatively, where you're just living life. Even like the lake trips, like we'd go up to the lake <laughs> and like that, yeah. that dock, that was a stage. Like that was I, that. Vi- oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris recently sent me a video from one of the one weekend that we were all there. I can't remember when it was, what year, whatever. There's all of us in the water and Steve is on the dock, fully putting on a show. Like, like, and then, <laughs> and then that was the year that you fucking did a, like a dip into the water <laughs> <Yeah. do> the- <laughs> and i was like i fucking love this person <laughs> like that, uh-huh. that will always stick in my head it was like it was always fun it was always down for a good time and like being expressive like that is it's just it's such a nice thing to see
3: yeah oh i've missed that doc it's so many good moments <laughs>
0: <laughs> so really resonated with me that you were talking about how you kind of came up in a society or like a context where people are like, Art isn't real. Like, you can't do this for a living. You can't be taken seriously with tattoos. And I really love the idea of spite as a motivator for productivity. Like, I just think that that's wonderful and not enough people talk about it, frankly. So, my question for you is that if you were talking to somebody who is really struggling to embrace that, because I grew up in a really religious and repressive household and so it's taken me longer to kind of fumble my way toward expressing myself like Mm -hmm. what advice like what could you give as advice off the top of your head for somebody who like knows that they have it in them to let that colorful peacock come out but they're Mm -hmm. still kind of like struggling to tap into it
3: baby steps like don't like skydive right off the hop but like even just like (laughs) Starting, like small things like if like say drawing or whatever uh, thing you want to explore but, like do a little picture maybe like post it on your Instagram or whatever which like that's the world we live in right now is on the computer
2: mm-hmm. and just
3: like kind of like start putting yourself out there in more ways and just like keep pushing yourself to do it little by little by little and you'll like be surprised by what you get back honestly and that kind of also can motivate you in a way if you don't want to use like you know, your rage against society to prove a point, <laughs> But right? Or you can use that too. Try little things, try everything.
0: This is another left field question, but do you feel like finding your people because that was a big thing for me coming to Edmonton. Like I came so late and I didn't go to school here. And so it was harder for me to make friends with people, especially when I started like Meeting other people my age and so many of them were like people who had literally like never left Edmonton. So I really struggle with that and actually, as a result, most of my friends in Edmonton are like not from... Alberta, (laughs) like they're from other places, but do you think that like finding your people, so to speak, like can have an impact? Like if you let it on how you express yourself creatively or how you kind of like make headway into these creative pursuits that you are passionate about.
3: Yeah, it's so important, hands down. I think it's most important. Like you need a strong support network who like sees you and like sees what you're doing and just really like on your team because there's so many people who are like oh that's weird that's like blah 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 blah. but Mm -hmm. if you have these people who are just lifting you up also and like you can all lift each other up I think it's so so important you really got to find your people and it's like always tough especially in like certain cities or whatever especially right now you can't leave the house so it's like oh what do you do but like yeah no I think friends and a little community is very very important and like that's what's so good also about like being queer and like creative like you're already like a member of the secret little club so you always do have this like a community that will help you lift you up. And like, they're all a bunch of little creative, like lovely people. So you, there's always something to like, someone to or something to fall back on. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: You know? Yeah, and anyone that you meet along the way, whether it's queer or not, and in a creative sense, that's gonna uplift you or just at least even just give you feedback on what you're doing. It, it, it's like you're, ref- you're getting a reflection of your, I don't wanna sound cheesy, but like your light, if you're gonna call it that, it reflects back at you from them just from discussing it because you know how we are as creatives. We, I am in here all the time, and mm-hmm. I like I am my best friend and my worst enemy at the same time. And so, just to like sit down and just discuss th- just these conversations that we're having, like this to me is like therapy. And I'm like I, <laughs> think I'm like using you for therapy in some way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like and you don't
0: even nice. pay a Zoom yeah. subscription for it, let alone like a therapist <laughs> fee.
3: Save those coins. <laughs> I'm saving up for my first tattoo. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. I You'll never get a job.
0: <laughs> I forgot that you don't have any tattoos. I can't believe. Uh,
1: my virginal skin. Oh, my gosh. What do you, are you- what are you getting I was totally kidding when I said that oh sorry okay well uh,
2: moving on
1: I honestly you know how many people say that to me they're like how are you a designer and you don't have a single any ink on your body I'm like I don't know I just I don't know I can't it's it's oh my god this is so fucked. maybe this is like a tie into my my personal life but like I have commitment issues (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Hey, in, these days, in age
3: it's almost more like punk rock To not have any tattoos, so you go girl.
2: <laughs>
1: Thank you.
3: You keep that virgin skin.
1: I want I just want to say I cannot wait for the day that I am reunited with you. Like I miss oh, I you know. so much. Like I'm like fuck. This is so annoying, but one day, one day it will make it happen.
3: Totally. We just got to wait. I get more <laughs> it will work out.
1: See you in another 5 years. (laughs) yeah pretty much
0: (laughs) I really want to talk about burlesque because I was just telling Gio that I just watched the documentary about pole on Netflix last night while I was drunk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that that's incidental I didn't get drunk to watch the documentary they just converged that way um it happened. <laughs> it so I'm really interested in that because I think that I, I just have so many thoughts about it I'm like with burlesque and go-go dancing and sort of the performance of sexuality more than anything else it really pulls the veil off the fact that gender is a performance sex is a performance it's so you know what I mean so how did you how do you approach it like what is it like for you to perform tell me about it I just want to hear everything
3: like dead on, like you nailed all of that. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Basically, it's it was a way for me because like I've always been like the weird like femme kid. I have all sisters, so like feminine energy is something like it's just i like I love and I'm like really easily tapped into. Finding my masculine sexual energy was always kind of like a little bit weird for me or whatever. But like using go dancing and like you know the costumes of burlesque because I usually do like you know like bloody minotaur or like a weird like griffin thing like i'm all very i'm a monster fucker
2: (laughs) (laughs) hands
3: down
0: steve you're not on our patreon but i literally made you watch venom so that i could explain to him what a monster fucker was and he was not amused it was amazing (laughs)
1: literally we did a bonus episode on our patreon about monster fucking like that's Oh, oh my god
3: well we're connected I
2: guess
3: (laughs) um but yeah so it's just a way for me to like really discover like my like sexuality and like it was really like empowering and awesome and like just something that I was like really important and also just fun to tap into and kind of get a different version like when I'm on stage I like to like form to metal music so it's a whole like crazy like it's just very masculine intense which is like Not really mean like my day to day. It's just like, Mm -hmm. so it's fun just to let that explode on people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) We'll take it.
0: We'll take
3: it. Because that's my newest performance adventure. So I'm kind of like still, you know, I have so much to learn. Burlesque is such an art. And it's like also like, you know, learning to like take your time with things and feel that moment. Like it's just, you you know, there's so much to like learn and it's very exciting. And like I was having a lot of fun. So I got to get back to the stage.
0: I want to say something about that because I think Gio and I have been threatening to do like a sex positivity episode for a while, or maybe it's just been me, but I think that that's such a key thing that you just said about burlesque and, and these kind of like performances is that there is such an intentional quality to them and there's such an embodiment. And I feel like for us because, and maybe I'm just generalizing and you can tell me if I'm way off base, but our generation, especially because we were kind of, coming up with the internet. And we had so much access to the internet and so much access to the performative sexuality that comes with the internet, like in porn and the way that like, because let's just face it, we live in rape culture and that's just part of our day-to-day that The, I think it's really common, especially for femme people, to kind of dissociate a little bit from their sexuality and their sexual experiences. And what I see and what I read about burlesque and pull and stripping and stuff like that is that it can be a way back to empowerment and embodiment because it forces you to connect mindfully with what you're doing and with your own body and treat it like with honor. Hands
3: down. And also like in a public setting. So in front of other people, which is like a very, I guess no I had a naked moment, like, yeah. you know, like you're burying your soul kind of in a way. And it's just like, that's the magic of it. It's just, I think it's, it's so empowering. And like the perform, like some performers are just so like insanely, like beautiful what they do and like the stories you can tell through it. It's just the magical experience.
1: One of the things that we kind of touched on before we had you on was talking about censorship. You said you wanted to talk about censorship in art. So what are your thoughts on where we're headed when it comes to censorship? Because Renee and I actually talked about this just before we jumped on here about how the way things like how society is going, where we want to be careful about how we say things and, we want to be thoughtful in our approach, but it's almost like swinging almost too much, where it's everything is being censored. Oh my god, yes, I, I think like it's an overcorrection. We're
3: overcorrecting to a point of doing harm, like in the opposite direction, and it's just it's it's bad. Like I just hate it. I hate all of it. Like I understand, yes, certain things you like shouldn't say, and like we need to have certain sensitivity. I'm all about that. Yes, but just like even like when it comes to how like instagram and stuff like if there's like two men kissing it goes against their guidelines and stuff i'm like well, what the fuck is that about that makes mm-hmm. no sense but then i can see like the maxim models like dirt sorry herb starfish or whatever like kind <laughs> of just out and about and like that's <laughs> fine and stuff and i'm just like that drives me crazy because i don't mm-hmm. understand where the difference is and then like it's like a bunch of other queer artists who, like if you have a drawing of like genitals or whatever then like you're getting banned or shadow banned at least i don't understand what the what goal is it getting other than like just kind of I don't even know what, how to explain it just like kind of erasing like a certain part of like like homoeroticism or just eroticism in general as it's such a big like genre of arts and just getting kind of like shut down by like I don't even know this like nonsense I hate it <laughs> I think
0: it ties into like purity culture to an extent because we have this this culture now and I agree with you like it is important to be tact like tactful it is important to be sensitive and to acknowledge sort of the that intersection of class privilege race and people's lived experiences and identities right but at the same time when you're talking about censorship and things being problematic you are right it's an overcorrection that's tilting toward that purism you will never get that satisfactorily because the censorship is not discretionary it's just painting it all with the broadest brush right and like I wanted to bring this up because it touches on what you were saying, which is that there's a article by Nadine Strossen called Defending Pornography, Free Speech, Sex, and the Fight for Women's Rights. And one of the excerpts from that is that in the late 80s and 90s, there was a vocal group of radical feminists who believed that pornography was inherently harmful to women. And so there was a push in the radical feminist sect to ban pornography. And you know what they ended up banning was gay porn because they were able to just come in and paint everything with a broad brush. And again, there's no discretion there. There's no nuance. It's just like, everything is bad, so we'll take it all, right? So there's no opportunity for exploration or for individual discretion to say, I'm okay with this, or maybe I want to engage with this and see how I feel about it.
3: It's just super harmful. When does it stop? Like, it just seems the, it's gotten momentum, it's rolling downhill and like, it's gonna get it's like out of the control already in a way
1: yeah the way i look at it and maybe this is like my conspiracy eye that's going through this but it's almost like these conglomerates that own everything that we communicate through let's be real like every platform is owned by a giant company corporation yep. by pushing the narrative of censorship and having to like overcorrect ourselves it's almost like the long-term plan not to say that there's a plan like i'm just just saying for people to be afraid to voice themselves because we're trapped in a sense that everywhere we communicate is monitored. Everything that we say, so like even me where I'm DMing people and I'm worried about what I'm writing, I'm like, what if this, Mm -hmm. everything's recorded, everything is seen, everything, even if it's on our our hard drive, someone can look at this. The way I look at it is like, we're going to be in this like fascism where we just won't be able to voice ourselves, our opinions because we are afraid. It's just, I know that's like crazy, but it just like, it's It's not crazy
0: like it that is literally one of the hallmarks of fascism and that you can't voice your dissent and the thing is too that i think people don't realize either is that it's tied up in capitalism as well because we have these platforms they are monetized platforms we are the product being sold it is Mm -hmm. our attention and our engagement with the platform that is the commodity so these they're the sinister plot i guess is not so sinister as like, oh, they're going to trip us all and they're going to brainwash us. It's how can they make more money off of us as willing participants? And the people who suffer the most are the dissidents and like queer people, people who are marginalized by our society and also sex workers. Like for fuck's sakes. The sex workers are the ones who blow up the platform. And then the company looks at the profit they're making and they strip it all down to their bare parts. They sell it to somebody else and they fucking kick all of the sex workers off. Meaning that they have to now reinvent the wheel and try to find other avenues for safe work. That's my holy totally. well that
3: happened to Tumblr that happened to Instagram. Yes. It's just, it's the cycle. And then it also pushes it underground, which is unsafe for everybody involved. Like it's so ridiculous.
0: When you talk about sex work, you're talking about individual consent and discretion. It's not, what's the word? It's not mediated by an institution, right? Like the sex worker who is involved with the customer, they have to work out an arrangement. And I think that is part of the censorship narrative as well, is that no institution can determine what the individual is ready to engage with or not. So when there are blanket bans on things or when there's blanket censorship, you are removing the individual's discretion completely because you don't have a choice. It doesn't matter why you are engaging with something that's considered banned, you are going to be censured or reprimanded mm-hmm. so it totally eliminates our individual discretion
1: yeah choice what
3: a nightmare <laughs> like, <laughs> Seriously, it's like... so
1: frustrating <laughs> yeah because yeah, like this is the thing that like where i struggle is like how do we actually affect the change that we yeah. want to see and it seems like this 90 degree uphill battle like how the fuck do we actually do it you know and there are yeah.
0: people who are doing it. Like we see people who are advocating for change, but they're putting themselves out there and it's a dangerous yeah. game.
1: That's the thing that I struggle with the most is I have a fear of putting my true thoughts out into the world because I don't want to be reprimanded.
3: Like totally. And I fully get that. That's just also kind of unfortunate because then you're just silencing yourself a little bit and then you're all like censoring like your thoughts and your opinions and your expression. And that's just not okay either. It's not fair. But so, like, you've got to play the game a little bit because you got to eat. Exactly. And that's how they get you. Because they put you in these traps where they're like, haha, you have to like, agree and conform. And it's just like, ah.
0: Literally capitalism.
1: Yeah, it's the worst. It's well, like the terms and agreements, but in real life. <laughs> like- yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: About how when I saw you at the gym, I think you and I had met like one time, and then we were both for like a very short period of time going to the William Letsky Y. And I mm-hmm. saw you at the gym and you were working out and you looked so serious. And because, like Gio and I were just talking, that you're all tatted up and you're pierced, and your lovely tattoos and piercings, like I saw you and I saw your serious face, and I was like oh my gosh, I'm so intimidated. And then when I realized it was you and that I knew you, I came up to you to say hi. And you were like, oh my God, how are you doing? <laughs> like, you were so sweet. And I'm like, that is Steve. That's the Steve experience in a nutshell. Yeah.
3: Oh, really totally. Is. I scare you a little bit at first, but then like when you talk to me, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, An angel. Definitely so <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i know because you at the gym because i'm like listening to like probably like something intense and i'm just like giving her <laughs>
0: yeah
3: <laughs> i'm there to work you know <laughs> she didn't
0: come to play she came to slay
3: <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's take it back to your work a little bit so I think this really actually does fit into the censorship conversation because when we think about censorship and we think about even what you were saying before Steve about how it's sad when you have to censor your own thoughts and opinions and I think that kind of thinking is what makes it really hard for people to tap into their authentic selves or their passions because they're always sort of filtering what they love through this like oh is it socially acceptable like sort of um thing Right. So when you think about the themes in your own artwork, what is most appealing to you? What are you most interested in exploring?
3: Usually like I always come at things from like a fantasy aspect.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'll
3: kind of start there. But I either want you to feel offended, turned on, or like confused. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all three. Hopefully all three at once. That's kind of the full experience. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> It's always from like some fantastical way of like, just like not real, not like in this plane of existence. It's kind of like, it's in another dimension, almost a really like acid, trippy, intense dimension.
0: <laughs> and Why do you think that is like, why do you think that you take those experiences and filter them through that fantasy lens?
3: I can, cause like, I can pretty much get away with doing really intense things because it's all like cartoony and colorful and like playful that I can like pretty much do whatever I want I just have to put this filter on it and then I can be like haha it's funny but it's like a dismembered body right <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know it's just like a fun filter
1: if you look at like mainstream media at certain cartoons like South Park or like Family Guy the things that they do even recently like Big Mouth which I honestly couldn't watch I was like I can't deal with the show <laughs> it's too much like, it's- <laughs> For me, I was like, I, I hate this because I, I think about if it's like real life, like it would never fly. Like it would never work because people would be like, what the fuck is this? But because you put it through that lens of like, it's a cartoon or it's it's a painting, it's animated, whatever. It's more palatable to the like a broader audience. But not to say that, like, I love what you paint. Like to me, it's it's not like offensive because it's not children. Like that's the one thing I'm like a big mouth. I'm like, I hate that it's kids. It's weird. Totally. It makes you feel
3: kind of weird. I totally understand that.
1: (laughs) But, like, if it's a grown, giant, beefy dude with his legs cut off, like, whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why not?
0: It does what it says on the tin. I actually really like that, though, because I think that there's something to be said for that sort of, like, hyper-poppy aesthetic combined with, like, gonzo visuals and this Mm -hmm. idea that you're... Because when you think about... Like we literally talked about Lisa Frank or when you think about, man, I'm trying, like, even like My Little Pony comes to mind. It's this like hyper poppy, like very colorful, prismatic aesthetic, <laughs> but then you apply like these more subversive themes to it, right? And it draws the eye. It draws you in with these feelings of familiarity, comfort, even maybe like childhood in that way where you're like, oh, these bright colors, so exciting, whatever. And then you're like, oh my God, that is a giant dick. That is a throbbing cock. And you're like, hmm, what does this say about me that I'm into this right now? Like, it's an interesting way to, and again, this is like talking about censorship and stuff like that, when you're not censoring yourself, your own art, or you're not being censored, you get to explore these things that are juxtapositions or these things that are like subversions of expectations when it comes to like aesthetics and stuff like that. And I do think that this feeds into your burlesque as well, Steve, because you are talking <laughs> about the juxtaposition of something that is very sensual, very sexy, and very femme, but you're bringing in these elements of masculinity. And you were talking about how it helped you maybe like in a way that would seem counterintuitive to access the masculine aspects of your sexuality
3: (laughs) like you know nailed it I I, yeah it's kind of like a weird strap like a like a snare or whatever to kind of like rope your attention and then you're like oh like whoa (laughs) (laughs) like what is this
1: (laughs) right (laughs) on the topic of like themes that you explore through like your art like painting drawing is there anything that you see like how do you see yourself evolving? I know that's like a big open-ended question, but are there any themes that you're like I want to eventually get there. I want to do this in the future. I want to like try this out.
3: Well, right now I'm actually working on these like it's a the triptych of like these giant like psychedelic animals. That's kind of fun to do like furs and feathers and different textures. Kind of frustrating, I'm not going to lie, but I'm working oh on it. Oh my god.
0: Anything <laughs> worth doing, there's always that fucking frustration. Texture oh,
1: is difficult.
3: Textures oh my god it's so frustrating but at the same time it's working out and it's fun um honestly my next like creative venture i'm gonna get into forging like blacksmithing mm-hmm. so like that's kind of something i really want to like put a lot of stuff into because like right now i'm like making swords and stuff but they're like purely wall hangers like yeah. and i'm just like kind of like using my like skills as a weld- like a welder just like carve them out and make them all cool or whatever then also like painting on metal I really love too because it's just like this like really hard, intense, like heavy thing that has this like weird ass drawing on it, right? So I'm like really like having fun exploring like mixing metal and my painting together. That's kind of like where I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing.
0: That is another thing I was going to talk about too is that juxtaposition that you have between the like industrial kind of functional forms of metal and the stuff that you work with in that medium. And then the more like... To me, that's so interesting that you have this like very poppy, very recognizable, very like like ghoulish but in a fun way art style. And you are super imposing that against something that is so industrial, so metal, so like utilitarian. And it's like it's a perfect contrast. I just love it.
3: Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's been it's really fun to explore. I just I love like duality and like also like polar opposites love playing with those themes all the time I find like metal is a really good thing to do because you can do so much with it and it's so much fun to work with and it's like it's intense
0: yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) you're using two different completely uh two completely different skill sets right because your metal work is very labor intensive and it's a lot of physicality to it whereas like to me I'm thinking that you're bringing more of an aesthetic eye to your painting
1: what has been the, the response because you've been over the last couple of years, like you've been really putting out your work, like your paintings and putting on social media specifically is what I'm referencing. What has the response been either locally or just in, in general, people are like to the themes and the topics that you explore.
3: Honestly, I've had like the best feedback ever. Like it's blowing my mind a little bit. Like, you know, like when anyone wants to like buy your stuff, that's great. And the fact that like, I'm like, you know, I've been pumping out weights at the beginning of like, the pandemic kind of thing out of metal and that was really cool and like people were really responding to it people like are like buying my paintings and buying these things all these things that I thought like would never be possible so I didn't even like put it out there Mm -hmm. and like I just it all started like happening and clicking I'm getting such like a positive response from it it's like really it's overwhelming in a really positive like heartwarming way like does that make sense (laughs) like I'm like super stoked because it's just like oh like wow like this thing that I kind of like even like for a couple of years, just like kind of discarded and just like, I guess I just have to be part of this machine and work and whatever in the oil mm-hmm. field and like getting away from that and like exploring this and just like, woo, it's like this, like magical naughty Lotus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Renee and I talk about this where sometimes it can get convoluted for creatives where it's something that's like more of a hobby and they'll put it out on social media. And because they get a positive response, they think, Oh, I have to monetize this thing. And then it becomes less of like a connection, but it seems like with you, with what you're saying, it was actually, it like reinforced that for you in a positive way where you're like, yes, I want to do more of this versus it being like, Oh, now I have to do this thing. You know?
3: Exactly. And I don't feel any pressure and I will take my time with certain things. Like if someone wants a commission to be for me, I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. Don't expect it in like a month. It sometimes might take four months. And like, Mm -hmm. that's just part of my process and that's part of the magic. So I don't like ever rush anything. I think it's important to like not always do things for other people. Sometimes you have to make things for yourself and like just recenter yourself a little bit. So I'm like, also, I I do that quite often because like, I'm like, oh, I just want this for me. Or I'm like working on like a giant painting that I'll come to like every once in a while when I have some downtime and eventually like, that's just for me and I'm not selling it. Something I want to make my space prettier or something I want to look at.
0: That's exactly how I approach my embroidery. Like I would never want to monetize it and I just want it for me so that I can look at it. That was something that we talked about with Jordan Martian as well Mm -hmm. from Buttered Lemonade. Like she was talking about how she takes frequent breaks and she makes sure that she keeps some part of the art for herself. And I think that is a really crucial part of how you continue to connect your art as a creative because the pressure of always my little capitalism soapbox the pressure of turning everything into a side hustle it just drains the magic out of shit
2: money
3: kills magic that's just the tea (laughs) (laughs) right and it's like it's lovely obviously like money's great and whatever but it shouldn't be like well it could be your motivating factor i don't think it personally should when you're like trying to create like these like art pieces and stuff makes them more special if you're doing it because you want to put your soul into this because like art is a part of your soul that's what you're giving away and that's what people are buying
0: I think when people connect to art or when they buy it I think they're buying like the part of your soul that connects to a part of their soul you know what I mean like they see that and they recognize it and they go "Oh, I want this because like Gio was talking about Gio talks about this all the time like when you surround yourself with people who reflect love back at you and I think that as creatives and artists like that's what I do with my books that's what I do with my art like I want things that will reflect what I hope to put out in terms of creativity back at me and it it often comes from art that I admire or I connect with in some way.
3: The cycle it's a beautiful cycle. (laughs) Yes.
1: So right now, like, we're all trapped at home. We're not doing what we want to do, like, in the normal life, whatever. How are you finding inspiration? Like, what is bringing you to, like, want to make?
3: It's keeping me busy, first of all. Even though, like, I am still working, so, like, I do have to leave the house and do my daytime job, blah, 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 blah. Also, just, like, everything is so, like, dark and the news is all, like, like pandemic news or, like, what was happening in the States or things here, too. It's just a constant onslaught of negativity. Okay, for even for my own sanity, I'm, like, putting out way more work than normal because, I have the time also I'm motivated to like put something that will make someone laugh or like break out something, a distraction that's just like totally opposite of what we're getting like force fed constantly with negativity. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, another driving factor right now like, man. i
1: feel that a lot like that's how i feel with the podcast like the feedback that we get is so awesome what people are connecting with the conversations that we're having with people like you to hear like the, the the dms that we get either individually or through our l2m platforms is so positive and people being like i love this i feel thank you for this reminder of this like whatever yeah. it is for them and that's me i'm like okay there is a purpose to this i feel connected to it and it's connecting with people let's keep it pumping you know what i mean
3: (laughs) and that's it's like a positive reinforcement it's not about money so you're putting this creation in the world and it's like changing people for the better and it's like totally not capitalistic it's like it's just an explosion of like different voices coming together and sharing stories it's a beautiful thing yeah you go
0: (laughs) it's catharsis too i think like it's collective catharsis like you said like we're Mm -hmm. constantly inundated with stuff that is terrifying and difficult to understand a lot i've learned more about the u.s political structure than i ever knew before uh in the last four years and i think that having the opportunity to talk to other creatives and hear like it's very validating to hear that people are struggling to create to hear that people haven't always been really sure of their process or their direction or their path like that stuff is very validating and it's very cathartic it's like thank god like let's work through this shit together and maybe we'll get somewhere (laughs) like it's nice
3: Mm -hmm. totally right like we'll survive this together like the pack survives kind of mentality (laughs) yes yeah and it totally
0: goes back to what you were saying before steve about like finding your community and having that support system to fall back on it's so important like i was having this conversation with my friend chandra who graciously agreed to be like a writing mentor to me because I reached out to her. This was like the dumbest shit ever, right? So I DM'd her and I was like, hey, I really need a writing mentor. I need somebody to keep me accountable because I wanna write, but I'm just really struggling to find the motivation. And she was like weeping at my message and was like, you chose me, the honor? Like, oh my God. And I was like, I was so intimidated to ask you because I was like, you have so much on your plate right now. And like, who am I to like, what plebe am I to bother you? Like with this stupid request, right? But then we had a conversation about it after, and she said, like, writing, and I think this applies to a lot of creative pursuits, can be very isolating for all that it's meant to be something that's a channel to connection and kind of, like, seeking that similarity between people. It's something you do by yourself a lot of the time so making the effort to like reach out and forge those connections if we're going to use like a going back to the sword situation
2: <laughs> <Circle> back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're tying it in i think it is really <laughs> crucial especially right now when so many of us are kind of dealing with um the like empathy fatigue and we're dealing with the over information fatigue of living in the panorama
3: it's also I love, that's a beautiful moment that was was so touched because I think a lot of people who you know like you're like oh like they're such a good artist like they'll never want to talk to me like they probably get that a lot and that is very isolating because everyone's like well then you know they kind of like oh no one wants to talk to me because they're too intimidated by my work or whatever but like a lot of times like you can reach out to anybody and they'll be like answer you right away with like really positive advice good like tips like things like that like you got to be like not so scared to like reach out I guess once in a while yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's like the example of Renee seeing you at the gym. Exactly. <laughs> it was such a lovely interaction. It just stayed with
3: me. Oh, I love that. So many people tell me, they're like, you're so scary. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny. It's like, also like my tattoos are all like unicorns and like <laughs> yeah. naked men and like Star Wars and things. like. And well. they're so colorful. Like
0: as soon as you get close, Probably. you're like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah." yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rainbow
3: skinned. <laughs>
1: Yes! <laughs> that's, <I love> <laughs> if you were to look at the trajectory of your life your career and give it a theme what would it be
3: i think it would be that's a hard one <laughs> i think it would be <laughs> experimentation and i guess for back, lack of better terms like i kind of just like have this like punk rock way of living I guess like I just like you know just kind of like full of fear but at the same time no fear like kind of just like actually duality that actually makes the most sense (laughs) right like (laughs) like because even just like how you're saying like oh like you're you're scared to approach the gym but then I'm really like all my like life my theme is very like much duality kind of like I'll work super hard I'll play super hard I'll like everything's kind of like that and that is just kind of how my existence is and how I want to keep going because it's honestly working out for me. So I'm just going to
0: kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep riding on.
1: But let's be real. It's like anyone we've talked to who they talk about their life. And like, even with me, where as soon as I felt more aligned with like, just who Geo is, let alone like work, business obligations, whatever things started to like move a little quicker. And because yeah. I was like, Oh, right. I'm giving off my authenticity in all aspects of my life. And therefore it just picks up quicker and that's like for everybody
3: totally if you're your authentic self the universe listens and the universe takes you on a ride right like (laughs) like in the best way possible (laughs) yeah oh yeah
0: yeah and I think there's like a really valuable also little Mm -hmm. like nugget or whatever in this you can hold two opposing ideas at the same time And you can look for the harmony between them that isn't immediately obvious. And I think that if more people did that, like if more people held the part of themselves that maybe they didn't like or didn't feel comfortable with, like Steve, you were talking about like no fear, but full fear, but you're still like hurtling forward. Like, I love that image because it really speaks to this idea that you aren't going to let you hold yourself back and that you carry even the parts of yourself that you're unsure of forward into your work. And that really is embracing yourself authentically because it's the good parts. It's the bad parts. It's everything that makes you, you.
3: Yeah, totally. Like you got to make peace with that because like, guess what? Like you're going to be with yourself on this ride the whole time. Right. So. You got to do it in like a fun way where you're going to have a good time. Like, it's not always going to be like great or whatever. And you're going to have moments. Keep on pumping. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Keep it
1: pumping, sis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only constant in your life is you. That's literally yeah. the only thing that will be there from day one to the last day. That's it. Mic true. drop.
0: Steve it was so good. good to talk to you
1: oh you guys too
3: thank
0: you so much
1: one last question oh that's right where can people find you online if they want to connect with you
3: so right now like I only use one platform because I'm trying to like get off the internet as much as possible so I only use Instagram so iron underscore and blood is where you can find me at I post art. I'll post like things. I don't know. You can just like talk to me there. I'm pretty like open and chill.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. This was like lovely. I'm so glad that you said yes (laughs) to coming and talking. Thank
3: you so much for asking me. I was like, oh, I feel so like, cool
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were a joy you were a gem and a joy you were amazing oh my
1: god that's so funny you say that because like I still feel like because Renee and I obviously we've known each other forever and, like I still yeah. feel like we're those like nerdy art kids from like back in the day and so like to say oh I feel cool I'm like oh really like, like
0: hey can you come on our podcast and we'll just talk about the stuff that you like to because we're really <laughs>
3: I love podcasts. I've listened to them all day. So I was like, I got to be on one? Whoa. <laughs> like, the main stage I go.
1: <laughs> I hope that this does that for you. I really do. I always say, I'm like, I just love the fact that this silly little show, it's making connections with people. And my favorite thing is, I love seeing this, is when we'll do put out an episode with somebody and then people that listen. To our podcast, are like following their Instagram accounts or like interacting and commenting on their posts and stuff, and I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> in
3: that web, like connect all yes! the fun people.
1: <laughs> Fuck yes, yes, yeah, I'm here for it. It's great. Thank you so much it was so nice to talk to you
3: no my pleasure it was so nice so lovely it's been a long time so like... I, know. <laughs> I know it was really like, nice well, to see I'll, you totally and i'll see you guys both on the other side of this uh pandemonium so. yes <laughs> the panorama
2: yeah hi
1: kieran yeah. Well. Yes, I will, hi, kieran, will.
2: <laughs> kieran I say hi ah! <laughs>
1: My long lost Sasquatch sister. I know. She's still Sasquatchy. All right. I'm glad nothing's changed. No. Nope. Bye. Bye. Another one fights the dust, ah,
0: and another one, done, and another one, done, and another one bites I, the dust. Yeah. Steve is like <laughs> such a ray of light, which really is so funny because of his whole aesthetic being mm-hmm. very like pumped up, and yeah, it's just great.
1: I have had some of the funnest times with that group. I think about all the times we were just we just love getting into trouble together that was like <laughs> back in the day like I... <laughs> at the lake in in Montreal we went to Vancouver we've been to Calgary like we've done like Edmonton Pride Toronto Pride like we've done all the major cities in Canada almost together yeah. in this way that is it so it's just so fun and like I look back at those times and I'm like when are we going to be able to do that again <laughs> you know what I mean like I just miss it no
0: I have no idea what you mean I don't miss seeing people I don't miss going out I don't miss eating food <laughs> that I didn't fucking have to cook <laughs> i don't miss giving handies under restaurant tables i don't miss any of that no, I'm girl kidding. i do <laughs>
1: <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs>
0: Me, me. <laughs> but it's nice it's nice to know that there are still people out there that are creating and connecting to other mm. people with their art like that is comforting in a way to see that things still go on and that people are there is a silver lining when i see people during the pandemic who have kind of like connected to this stuff that they didn't necessarily have time to connect with when so much of life was intruding
1: themselves number one
0: yeah and i think that's why we're seeing so many people who are even getting into exploring like their own gender and gender presentation in pandemic because they're spending so much time alone right and i think Mm. that that I mean, at least for me, it has really solidified in my mind, my understanding of how much of gender is a construct and it's just presentation and how much it depends on other people being the input for that, mm. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because you get that feedback and that's not really... Happening right now, other than the enforcement of seclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Which... And,
0: but it's totally a thing because it's like when I look at Steve's art, I admire him so much for how it didn't take the pandemic sort of like isolating us all from each other for him to just tap into that stuff. Like he was like, this is some stuff that I think is interesting and I want to do it. And every time mm. we talk to somebody on the show who is like that, I feel emboldened empowered in my own little niche interest to be like yeah I am interested in this I do want to explore this and if somebody else doesn't like it who cares because it's for me it's not for them so I just love that I just find that it's very validating to speak to people and hear their perspectives ditto (laughs) so thanks for listening to me
1: end to me. And if you have any burning questions or any ideas for a triptych painting of genitalia, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> please email us at listen to mepodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on social media.
0: Also... Have we talked about Patreon? It's been 15 seconds since we plugged it. So Gio and I have a Patreon. You can go to <laughs> patreon.com listen to me pod. We just offer you so many goodies for the unbelievable introductory price of $1.50 a month. That's Canadian. If you're in USDs, it's only a buck. Get your subscription today.
1: Check out our social media. You can check out our social medias for more. Uh, oh my God. You, you can, can check You medias
0: out- our social checkouts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can check out our socials for more updates about the show at listen to, that's the number two, me pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We need to stop saying Twitter because we have not posted for like months.
0: Eh, it's fine. I, We're still on Twitter, though.
1: <laughs> and Instagram. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, we take emails once again at listen to me podcast at gmail.com.
0: Listen to me podcast. <laughs> Music in this episode. <laughs> Music in this episode is graciously provided by audionautics.com.